What's up, everybody? Thanks for clicking into Sports Not Carolyn Mano, joined by my very good friend, the NFL Network's Mike Giardi. Mike, you and I started working together in New England. Actually, my first big assignment was covering a Tom Brady training camp media availability, which the scars, I think I still have (laughs) experience, like my welcome to the NFL moment. I think I was buried under 15 sweaty reporters from the greater Boston area. Um, How much hair did you have when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl? I was dark hair. I was good. Everything was, you know, like, you know, I, I was probably 10 pounds lighter. I didn't have the bags under my eyes. Now, you know, I've been slapped around a little bit for 20 years in this business. And, uh, you know, I got some gray and it's, it is what it is at this point. In all seriousness, because you've covered him from the very beginning, do you allow yourself to stop and think back to how remarkable truly just his personal stretch has been? I mean, when you think about where you were when he won his first Super Bowl, so many of us were just like in a completely different place in our lives. It's absurd. Yeah, it is. And, and I look back at some of the pictures of him, you know, still had the the, the, the pudgy face and the, the little butt chin. Like he's he's like a totally different guy, transformed himself because, as we know, his regimen, uh, the TB12 diet and all the things that he believes in. And I mean, he, he, he has kept his body in such ridiculous shape. His mind is as sharp as ever in terms of the game and, and how he thinks it and how he sees it. And yeah, I mean, it's... I think people have done this now. You can basically break up his career into two Hall of Fame sections, which is pretty staggering considering the amount of success and the different runs that he's had. And now, you know, to be in Tampa and to be in another one, considering all the stuff we went through this offseason and continue to go through with COVID-19 is just, you know, it's a feather on his cap. Is it hard to quantify whether or not this is the most impressive accomplishment or most impressive trip to the Super Bowl? I think that's a little abstract when people are saying, well, he's done it with a new team and without Belichick and all this different stuff. And this is the one that really defines his legacy. Um, Is that even fair? I don't I don't think it is. And, and look, I, we're, we're always trying, especially in the media, like the, the, the next thing is the new thing is the big thing. Like we have to put that as the greatest thing that we ever saw. And we sort of get lost in the moment. Um, certainly, it, it is an incredible accomplishment to not really have OTAs, although they did their, as he said, guerrilla practices uh, in the spring when they weren't supposed to be doing them and all that. But to do this with a new coordinator and a new conference is is incredibly impressive. But I mean, to win six prior to this and the various times and, and some of the, the obstacles that they had to overcome in previous ones, you know, you really have to go back and sit down and analyze each and every one and, and how they overcame those certain things. I mean, to me, I go back to, to the, the first one where that team was a five and five team midway through the year. He's taken over for Bledsoe. If you look back at sort of the talent of that team, that wasn't, that wasn't a great team, but somehow they found magic in that season and they beat the Rams in that they won the first of six and perhaps now as he looks for a seventh. Well, to that end, if you look at the offensive talent that they've had even over the last couple of years, I mean, certainly you mentioned the feathers in his cap. The fact that he has been able to accomplish what he has based on this ebb and flow of offensive talent is maybe one of the things that should define his legacy. Has Right now in Tampa, is he surrounded by the most offensive talent, in your opinion, since the 18-1 and season? I mean, this, he's, got, he's got weapons that he hasn't had certainly in quite some time. Yeah, Carolyn, I would say that it's right there with that 2007-2008 team. And again, it's a, it's a different league. We sort of get into that thing, too, where it's like you know, what the league looked like when he first started and then the middle into what it is now in terms of what receivers are allowed to do and what defensive backs 
can't do. Uh, it makes it easier for the quarterback. How the quarterback is essentially untouchable back there. Heaven forbid you hit him uh, with any sort of malice because that usually results in a penalty. That's not how it was when he first started. But I just look at that, that group of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Cameron Braid and obviously adding Antonio Brown and, and Rob Gronkowski. And I'm a big Rojo fan too, and I don't know that they necessarily use him as much as I would use him, but, but there's certainly a, th that is quite the collection compares to Moss and Welker and Stallworth, what they had in 2007, 2008 in New England. A lot of people have tried to identify why why he made this decision. For me, I always thought, and I don't know if you feel this way too, certainly he's the was the adopted son of New England. And I always felt like Patriots fans, even though he was so committed to the team, unquestionably maybe overestimated that component compared to the fact that he loves football so much, might end up in a front office one day, who knows. But at, when you strip everything away, what essentially does this prove? Tom Brady getting back to the Super Bowl. I mean, is it really as simple as he didn't have the offensive pieces that he felt like he needed to compete at a high level? He felt like he wanted to continue to compete at a high level, and that was it. Or is there really more to the drama of it all with, you know, Bill Belichick kind of stewing over what could have been or giving him more credit? I mean, I, I definitely think that there's a personal element to this and the relationship between Bill and Tom essentially running its course and, and it really probably run its course three or four years prior to him moving on. Um, and look, when you, when you consider the intensity and the level of play and then the level of fame that each man has risen to and sort of he's the greatest ever and he's the best coach and you're, you're getting it, there is always going to be ego involved. I, I don't think you can ever take that part of it out. But I think to your point, he looked at what he was surrounded with in particular the last two years. And in New England, and granted, they won a Super Bowl in that first of the two years. But he looked at it and said, "We don't, we don't have enough." And they tried to appease him, despite some reports otherwise. You know, going out and trading for Mohamed Sanu and giving up a, a second-round pick for him, and obviously signing Antonio Brown, and that lasted all of nine days here. Which to me was not only trying to appease him, but also to mission like we we don't have enough. And eventually, last year, that caught up to them. They had the great start, as we all remember. But then when you start to look at the opponents they played, the quarterbacks that they were playing, their defense was playing at a historic level. Uh, the moment they started playing good teams is the moment last season for them fell apart. So I think he looked at it and said, if you can't give me all those things, then, yeah, why, why shouldn't I go out and look to go find it elsewhere? And that's why I think initially we were all like, Tampa? This, this, I mean, Bruce Arians, like that, there's not much history in Tampa. It doesn't make sense. Well, what made sense was Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Cameron Braid, and all the other things that he knew he would be able to bring to the table when he got down there. Mike, do you think Patriots fans should be resigned to the fact that this is the level that the team is going to be at, or are they really a player or two away from being back to where they were? I think they're more than a player or two away. I think the roster got a little bit old last year. And I think, you know, speaking about the defense and the historic levels they played at the first half two seasons ago, they've sort of had a decline. And some of those key players are in their 30s now. And uh, some of the guys that they were counting on to infuse youth and, and talent haven't lived up to the potential. So I think there's more than just a piece or two away. But I will say this. It's such a quarterback-driven league, and we saw this with the Final Four. It's Mahomes, it's Josh Allen, it's Brady, it's Aaron Rodgers, that if you have the elite quarterback, you're always in the mix. So to me, they're, 
their job number one and job number two and job number three is to find the next guy. And whether that's via trade, whether that's through free agency, someone gets cut, well, you know, there's all kinds of different rumors about Garoppolo, et cetera. Whatever it is, they've got to zero in on that and make it happen. Draft, I don't care. Like, to me, just you got to find that guy because I thought if they had competent quarterback play, Carolyn, this year, they were 9-7, and 10-16. and 16. They didn't get it. They won seven and nine. And now you look at the season and say, boy, they were they, they were a mess. Their quarterback threw for 2,600 yards in 15 games in a league where everybody's throwing for 4,000 yards. Like you just, you can't have that level of play a quarterback going forward.